So, uh, ex-professional excavator. Forklift, forklift driver. Juan Montoya's personal ball handler. Uh, Bob Stallings' best friend. And drunken pit crew member. Tim Keen. <laughs> if uh, you could describe this dinner we just had in one word, what would it be? Cooked. 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 Uh-huh. That's it? That's it. You sure about that? You said one word. Well, give me two. and now for dinner with racers presented by continental tire with your hosts ryan eversley and sean heckman placeholder radio Welcome to Dinner with Racers. I'm Ryan Eversley. And I'm Sean Heckman. And we are just headed back to Atlanta now after a 25,000-mile adventure Mm. over the course of the year. Are you tired? I am tired. But you know who's not tired right now? My GERD. Oh, yeah. It's going full still. Your GERD is wide awake My GERD is so excited to keep going. season of GERD. Speaking of GERD, I guess... We were over in Denver, North Carolina, and we were able to sit down with Tim Keene. Tim Keene! Tim is the performance coordinator and race engineer for Action Express Racing and has formerly worked at teams like Ganassi on everything Ganassi did at Ganassi. As well as teams like Mike Shank and whatnot. The reason we wanted to sit down with Tim Keene, just like we do in every year, we spotlight a variety of different roles, and Tim Keene is now kind of one of those team leader, team management types that is instrumental in a number of different programs behind the scenes. Colorful character, nothing this guy hasn't seen, and we wanted to get to the bottom of some of the stories related to the guy. So that's why we sat down with him. Like Ryan was saying, he's worked at Ganassi, he's worked at Mike Shank, he's now currently at Action Express, and this is a dude who every mechanic, every engineer, anyone who's in the general road racing world, they know this name because the dude is so legendary. Yeah, if you listen to the episode, we didn't really know Tim at all before we got there, but we actually ate dinner at his house. He cooked for us. I believe he made steak, green beans, some potatoes. There was a barbecue chicken pizza appetizer. Yep. I mean, he it made was awesome. a chicken sandwich. Yeah, oh, just right. Just for the sake of making a bit. Right, just to keep that going. And uh, we were able to have his signature cocktail of Tito's Tonic Splash of Sprite, which uh, shout out to Chris Mitchum for giving us the intel to bring him all the supplies needed to make such things now of course conversation is a big part of eating dinner and here are some of the things you're going to hear about getting fired by chip ganassi drunken pit stop and juan montoya's balls juan montoya's balls juan montoya's balls i'd like to know more (laughs) what do you think alio will you be quiet there's guns and rolls man in the radio come on (laughs) Hey, thanks again for driving. Now, speaking of driving, yeah, what, what is Halio driving right now? Uh, he's driving this beautiful Acura MDX for us. Acura MDX. And it came on Continental Tires? The, now, you are correct. Yeah. It is Continental Tires. Right. They have been the sponsor since day one. That's right. Uh, but they pay us, uh-huh. and then you get additional money uh-huh. to... Say the thing? Say the thing. Say the thing. Yeah. Uh, okay, so three, two, one. Continental Tire. Cross contact. L. X. Numbers. Shout out to Valvoline for uh, being the best oil that we can put in this Acura MDX, which is rolling on 
Continental tires. Yeah, you did it. Yeah, yeah. they got them LX uh, got things. Got them LX thingies. Yeah. Yeah. Tim King. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. While the Tito's is still young, <laughs> uh, let's let's do some some background stuff. All right, Tim Keene. Yes, sir. You and I have never met. Nope. All right, sell me your career. Well, started in 1994 with Chip Ganassi Racing as a truck driver. I needed a job. What were you doing before that? Construction. I was actually operating an excavator, digging basements, things like that. Right. Racing go-karts. And... Um, you know, not making a load of money. I'm not going to lie. So I, I, it was like I, need, I, needed a, I needed a career. Yeah. Now, how old were you at this point? 28, 29. Oh, okay. So you're late 20s yeah. by the time it's going. Yeah, so I, should have, that, I should have already had something. Going, I understand but. that. But, but you're like, you're at <laughs> that. I was a late bloomer. You're, but you're regard. also at the same stage what, that many people get to at that point. We're like, oh, shit, 30s right around the corner. Right. What the f am I doing? Yep. Yeah. And uh, was racing always part of the part of the. Uh, yeah, well, I, my grandfather and uncle uh, raced. They they were drag racers. I was born in Michigan, raised in Indianapolis. Okay, since I was two, both states aren't known for their car cultures. And uh, <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, used to spend summers up in Michigan all the time, and uh, just just hung around like hot rods. And we actually, when my parents moved to Indianapolis, we lived a quarter mile from IRP, which at that time in the late 60s early 70s we'd go to the races every friday night they had like late models and things like that like but it's awesome had the u.s nationals there's always something going on there and what did mom and dad do my dad was a truck driver and um my mom was a homemaker and truck uh, driver out of michigan indiana yep my dad will tell you if he was still around they really messed up leaving michigan my dad was with ac delco at the time like really on in AC Delco and my mom worked for GM and they pick up and left because my, my dad and my mom both were from Indiana my mom's mom and dad they were in Michigan he owned a trucking company and things like that so by virtue of being a truck driver your dad is a mechanical person you're in you're living in Indiana uh, not far from IRP but also that means also really only a few miles out from the speedway the speedway's too. like eight miles yeah away. right yep so you're you're in a very racing oriented town. Yep. So the 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 bug itself were you were you racing quarter midgets? Were you doing anything fun? No, I was just racing carts. I didn't even start racing carts till I was like 22 years old. Oh wow. No. Okay. Yeah. My parents didn't have any money. You know, I mean, not, we we didn't have the kind of money to not to go out and run. They ain't gonna, some, some big use. There was kind of four money. four boys and see how they actually the guy I was working construction with he. Helped me, helped support me a little bit, and bought me, bought me a cart and things. And we went racing. I ended up winning in the second race I was ever in. So, so you know, he used to be a driver. He's already bragging. Yep. yep. Right. <laughs> and uh, so back to the Ganassi thing. Um, like I said, I needed a job, and one of the guys I raced carts with, named Terry Watson, he turned me on to a guy that I knew kind of vaguely, uh, Chris Oldham, which is actually Greg Oldham's. Uh, brother Greg Oldham you know from ESPN now, uh, or, uh, uh, yeah or, Fox and Greg yeah. Oldham is part of that that small ilk of big motorsport TV producers so <laughs> you, yeah. we, we mentioned Terry Lingner a lot yeah, yeah he's like the Terry Lingner of motorsport broadcasting <laughs> yeah there it is. and I knew and I knew some people in like the Howertons and things like that I don't mm -hmm. know if you're familiar with them and 
Ganassi at that time was putting a second deal together. That was the year they had Michael Andretti. Yeah. And they were putting another deal together for Mauricio Guzman. Michael's deal was he wasn't going to be – he didn't want anything part of a two-car team. Interesting. Okay. So we had to work – How the turntables. So anyway, I'm kind of jumping all over the place. That's but all good. So I, so I, called, I called Chris – got his number from terry and he was actually working late at night at ganassi at the time and um i said hey i hear you guys are putting his second team together and he's like yeah let me give you tom anderson's number and said call tom tomorrow called tom anderson he said yep come in bring me your resume and go from there i never had a resume in my life i'm like how the fuck do i do that so i'm i can drive a forklift And so um, I typed something up. Honestly, I just made it happen. I typed something up and okay. Let me stop you there. Took when it you, in. When you type something up, how many fingers did you use to type? Um, probably three. Okay. My, my vision is just one index finger. Slowly. No, yeah. no, okay. I, I, a little bit better. Maybe two, two on each hand. I okay. Guess. Okay. I'm assuming, you know, based on everything I've learned about people in racing on this show, you might have punched up the uh, the resume a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. What was I'd never driven over the road in my life. <laughs> what? So, as a truck I, I, driver, I knew how, I knew how to drive a truck. I, I drove <laughs> I drove the truck to haul the excavator around to do the construction and things like that. But I'd never like been. Yeah, I'd never been out of shit, like thirty miles out of Indianapolis. Right, right. And you're applying for a you know, uh, yeah, yeah over the road. Yeah, <laughs> the deal I got, is I got be this. Gone. <laughs> and so you're. So yeah. you're now going to be part of an elite group of people in the IndyCar paddock who yeah. get to drive these trailers for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. Cross country. Yeah. Cross country. Yeah. yeah. With millions of dollars of stuff on schedules that can't move. I knew I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen some of the guys that drive a truck? It's like, I know someone who's been fired from your team. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> So, yeah, I, I bullshit a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah that's what racers do. Yeah. And I, I tell you, it happened so fast. I mean, because the deal got put to late, together so late, we went to a test in Phoenix probably a week after I was there. So your first. So I'm driving to Phoenix, <laughs> my very first thing. Never driven in mountains and none of this right. stuff, you know. But my, my dad being and a I, truck driver, he, he, he was like, clear, oh, this yeah, is like you know. mid-90s. Like, so internet research, yeah. uh, understanding the CB phones, and all you that. You didn't have, you know, Google right. Maps yeah, and right. Right, you know, right. it's like go to Firebird East. It's like I got it. <laughs> Middle of nowhere, Phoenix. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I mean, start I, honest thing. to God, I'm not going to lie. I didn't even know what per diem was. <laughs> <laughs> they hand me this envelope full of cash. Yeah, I'm like, right, right. What right. Is this? Yeah, like, right. that's cool. Yeah, I'll keep that. But yeah. I will say, like, even by the time you're in your late twenties, you're a little smarter with how to how to deal with something like per diem than oh, you are. Yeah. Like, if you yeah, had yeah, that yeah. same thing at 19. And so, did the test in Phoenix. Mauricio Guzman was an awesome guy. Still, I love that guy. Um, two weeks later, we're at, I'm going to Australia. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm building. We get back to Indianapolis. I'm building boxes. Back, to, back then, you had to build basically your own box to fit in the. Basically, the, like the, the equivalent of like a cargo container kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I tell you, it was a train wreck back then. You know, <laughs> it's nothing like they do today with all the nice cargo boxes and everything. I yeah. mean, it was. Well, you said you were building it. That's the big tip yeah. Off. yeah. Like and you're up even your on the Andretti side, you know, I mean, they were, they didn't, they didn't have the kind of dough to do what. And 
kind of all the teams were kind of doing it. Yeah. It was it wasn't just us. But you're basically building cardboard or uh, you know, plywood, wood, plywood wood, boxes, yeah, right? Yeah, and just shoving bodywork and gearboxes and whatever you're going to need to go down. Never, there. never done a pit stop. Never had any. Yeah. Never been on that side of the of, of an actual race. Yeah. Ended up, he was like, okay, you're changing the inside rear tire. I guess they thought that was the second easiest job compared to the front tire. And um, didn't have, hardly have any practice, but did enough. It, you could do it in like three seconds, you okay. know, if you're just stationary doing it by yeah. yourself. So we ended up qualifying fifth. And um, for your very first IndyCar race. Very first race, yeah. and Guzman knocked it out of the park, man. And your you're your tire changer. <laughs> And at that particular time, the race got delayed by about an hour and a half because it rained. Yeah, that was when then they it had... didn't rain, and they couldn't decide which tires to let people out on. It's like, just let the teams decide and just go, you know? Quit trying to do it for them, you know? Man, you must so it was racing now. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> and um, so it's getting pretty dark even by the time we're coming to we're our starting. first stop. Yeah. And at that time, the speed limit was 80 miles an hour. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're. Well, you've got that did, helmet on when, as a pit crew member. Didn't have a helmet. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. <laughs> How dumb is that now? You look at it now and, and it's like. <laughs> and, I, and I'm guessing at the time, like at no point did anyone think this was a bad idea. No, no. Like, yeah. like jumping no. over on a and, hot and, track. And, and then when they said, oh, you, your you. helmets are going to be mandatory. It's like, bullshit. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to be able to see. I'm yeah, not right, like, right. What? Yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. So anyway, coming into our first stop, it's it's getting pretty dark already. Yeah. You know, and when you're a tire changer on the inside of an IndyCar, you, it's not like it is now. You don't, you're already down on the ground. Like mm -hmm. you're sitting down on your knees, you yeah. your tire there. You're just watching your guy to come there. Like I said, then 80 miles an hour, a car coming at you for the first time. Yeah. And he ain't slowing the f*** down yeah. is what right. all yeah. I'm seeing. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, uh oh, f yeah. and this is real. And you're inside. So, yeah. if, if so I can't, I can't wall, if, yeah. he, if he gets like basically the nose of the car is coming yeah. at you and then that's when he makes his turn. Yeah. Right. right. And like two months earlier, you were driving a forklift. Yeah. Was an excavator. It was uh, a forklift. Come on, right. give me. Yeah, me. More, more than I would. Right. But you weren't a guy doing pit stops in IndyCar. No, yeah. not, yeah. nothing <laughs> like that. You, you were know. trying to type a resume with three fingers. Right. Yeah. Right. And um, before you know, you know, like I say, the nose of the car is coming at me. There's the tire right in front of me, and the brake rotor is f***ing on fire. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it yeah. looks, it, it's crazy. Yeah. You know, so you're dark, taking yeah. off your wheel nut, yeah. doing all that, and <laughs> put it on. Next thing you know, the car's gone. Yeah, and right. And it's like, holy shit. <laughs> that wasn't so bad. Right, right. But it was like there was so much happened right at that moment, yeah. like the car coming at you. Yeah, time to think the brake rotor, I didn't, you know, I didn't. Yeah, didn't hadn't, do that in hadn't done a live pit exactly. stop. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And it was just, that was f***ing cool. I had a hard on yeah. for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, yes. Remember when you could get those in your 20s? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so then did that for um, yeah few races and then um the guy that was fueling at the time he wasn't doing very good and so the guy crew chief and was grant weaver another great guy yeah uh, like i said i've been i've been so blessed to be surrounded by so many great well people you spent so life. much time at ganassi and ganassi as yeah. we now know is like amazing but what i've learned with my time in the sport especially with hpd is like a bunch of ganassi guys work you know yeah. with hpd and you hear them tell the stories. Like I texted Steve Erickson about you mm -hmm. this morning. Yeah. And Steve's like, talk to Mike O'Gar, talk to Mike Cole. There's all these like super oh, 
that kink. <laughs> but like you were surrounded by people that we now look back at and go like, oh my God, that was the dream yeah. team of the yeah. staff. Right. You know? And so they put me fuel in the car and that became my niche until 2000, till the end of 2003. Like I, mm -hmm. but I was good at it. I was really good at it because I was really competitive because I could see at the time, like, like the racer part of me was in it. I'm, I'm watching these guys and I'm like, man, they're standing like four feet from the car. It's like, I had the car coming at me when I'm sitting on my knees as yeah. a yeah. tire changer. It's like, how come they don't stand over there yeah. and let the tire go under them and just barely miss save you? And I'm going to, oh, right. it saved tons of that. Like we were started killing. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that part. I, I really, really enjoyed that part. We, there's two things so we've, we've learned with everybody we've met, especially people that are not on the driving side. Yeah. Everyone's career started with a con. Mm -hmm. So you fit right in. Yep. Yep. Um, and no two paths are the same. So you didn't go to a UTI. You didn't go to some truck driving school. No. You just lied on a resume. You were driving the excavator before that. Next thing I know, I'm in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Coolest thing in the world. Yeah. Doing pit stops. Yeah. yeah. Friggin' assy. Um, <laughs> 10 years earlier when you're 19, you would have never thought you were an IndyCar. It wasn't even on your radar. Nope. Well, then good. Okay. Yeah. So now we got, so, and, and, and so just to gloss over your resume, this, we're more of a get to know the person more so than the uh, yeah, resume. Yeah. So as far as I understand, so long, long time at, at Canassi, and yep. then eventually you sort of, uh, left the nest, uh, for a variety of reasons. And, and then you work for Mike Shank. Uh, I, I didn't really leave the nest. <laughs> were you shoved out of the nest? Yeah. Yeah. I was saying that delicately. It was, yeah. it, it was. I don't think it's self-induced, and I and I knew it. Uh, okay. I knew, well, I, knew it when it, it. I knew it when okay. it all came out. Yeah. How'd you get fired from Ganassi? And um, uh, my mouth. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we know. How I, I'm good with that. So <laughs> I said way too many things. I, I honestly, I, it was because I was being honest. Yeah. Okay. You know. Yeah. And I got a funny story about the honest part. I remember because I went to Don Panos after this. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, so Don Pan Don Panos asked me. He said. What's your biggest weakness? And I said, honesty. Yeah. And he said, that's not a weakness. And I said, I don't give a f what you think. <laughs> <laughs> he hired me right then. Right. That's, yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So you were you were on the Ganassi open wheel side forever. And yep. then and then you basically started program managing when Ganassi was running their Grand Am program. Yep. And so you were the Grand Am Daytona prototype guy. Yeah. And then how did it end? And you guys had a tremendous amount of success. Yes, you won 800 <laughs> races in a row. The whole sell of the with IMSA and Grand Am happened. I think in 2012 we were in Laguna, mm -hmm. and I remember. I'm not going to mention names, but some of the Grand Am officials are kind of pounding their chest, you know, like we won and stuff. And oh, where's the Tito's? And um, <laughs> so I said, "We won in the." I said, <laughs> I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to be what you think it is. Right. And, um, they're like, no, 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 it's all going to be us. And I'm like, I don't right. think so, man. Scott Atherton is going to run it <laughs> from Grand Am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go on. So, yeah, um, anyway, yeah, there's gonna be a lot of French influence. We went through that. And, um, in 2013, you know, that it was pretty clear. IMSA was going to take over and then they're going to change everything. You're, but it's not going to cost you much money, you know. It's only going to cost. It's, it's going to maybe cost. It's, it's maybe going to cost you fifty thousand dollars for the changeover. And, and I'm, we were at road. We were at road Atlanta, and they had this meeting, and they said this, and so I was the only one that stood up, and I said, 
can you put that in writing? Because I said, this is, this is wrong. I said, there is no way this is going to cost 50 grand. Yeah. So sure enough, it went on and on through 13. And, you know, they were saying for every, it's not going to be carbon breaks. It's not going to be this. It's not going to be that. Right. Everything they said it wasn't going to be. But you'll still be as quick as LMP2. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, eventually it was. And yeah. um, so, so I basically called him out on it. Um, one in an email before I did an interview, and then I did some interview that I really didn't think it was going to be a. I didn't. I thought I was talking a lot off the record, and it ended up being on the record. And uh, and he had sent it to me. He's like, "Hey, I'm putting this out," or "I just put this out." Right. Like it wasn't even like I had a chance to say, "Put the." brakes on man no yeah yeah yeah. it was out and i mean i knew it because as soon as he did that ganassi calls me my call you know yeah. it was just like what the f are you doing and yeah i'm like you know you can't really sorry your way out of that one right, so it's right. like i, didn't I knew it. it was coming and it was like i have it coming you know i just should have kept my mouth shut and just do like most everybody else does and just be a sheep just yeah kind of yeah yeah, you have a nice house. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think you're doing okay. <laughs> yeah, um, the bar's awesome. Yeah, it turned out okay. Yeah. Now, so, go ahead. I was gonna say what, what I find interesting about all of this is that you worked for Ganassi. You had tremendous success there and a long history and a great reputation, and you got in trouble for speaking your mind, which is something that I think Chip does quite a bit. You know, he's not yep. shy about his feelings, and uh, you now work with the program that's owned by the guy who owns the series that you were you were critical of. Yeah. So you're okay for Jim Pretty France. Pretty funny, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're okay for Jim France, but not Ganassi at the time. Well, the thing of it is, um, like I said, my biggest frustration then was because of all the lies that were told beforehand. Mm -hmm. And I don't... Cost and how it's going to work. Yeah, and just, yeah. you know, I'm kind of really kind of defending Chip, but... Mm -hmm. Not in the way that he would want to. Sure, if right. he if something's going to be said like that, he's he's going to be the one to say yeah, it, yeah, not me. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it is it is kind of. I've always gotten along well with Gary Gary Nelson. Mm -hmm. Like we've always had a just a good. Like we didn't go out or anything like that, but mm -hmm. we always had a good rap. You yeah, know, yeah. I mean, we we respected each other and we talked a lot. And and just for context, yeah. Gary Nelson is the guy that is effectively in charge of Action Express. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. And like a long time staple of the NASCAR yeah. garage. And, yeah, and yeah. Crucie, like a just an absolute legend. Done everything. Yeah. So you and Gary Nelson had a pretty good you know rapport along the way. Yep. And you're working for Don Panos after Ganassi. Yep. On the you know very famous Delta Wing project. Yeah. I had a lot of fun there, and I, I love Don Panos. Love that guy. I miss him. But yeah, that that ran its course, and you know it it, it allowed me a, some time to get over a lot of things. And um, but I knew I I needed to get back with somewhere where I could win races again. You yeah, know? and that wasn't going to happen there. Yeah, and you ended up going to Shank. Yeah. Well, Gary had gotten a hold of me, and. At that time, they were really successful. Like, like they were winning a lot yeah. in Action Express. Yeah. And I really was, more of me was like, I kind of felt I'm not needed. Okay. You know, it's like, I don't know why you want to hire me because I, I don't really know what I can do for you. You're winning everything. Yeah, exactly. You know, because I'm not, um, with the, where I was then, I wasn't paying enough attention to wh where probably I could have helped out, mm -hmm. you know? So then Mike was starting the thing with Acura 
thought he was going to get the prototype thing, and it's like, yeah, that sounds that sounds really cool. Yeah. Plus, going to Ohio at that point, you know, I'm divorced, and my kids live in Indianapolis with their mom, and I want to be closer to my kids. Yeah. The GT thing, I really didn't couldn't sink my teeth into very much. Um. And I don't think Mike could either, but he dealt with it because, you know, it was a factory. Uh, yeah, he, right. He's getting damn good money and yep. things like that. And I mean, he paid me good money. And mm-hmm. I think about August, you know, we're talking. It's like, yeah, I don't know if this is working out for either one of us, you know. And um, so, like I said, I had custody of my son. He's like, hey, you know, Gary, actually, I just talked to Gary Nelson. He says, man, if he'd like to talk to you, you know, and I'm like, huh? good because i'd like to talk to him and mike so yeah so so even though you guys aren't seeing eye to eye mike is a stand-up enough guy Abs- to, absolutely to yeah take I, the I mean initiative. Yeah. i think we both are and yeah. i think we both i think we're both kind of similar in that way and maybe that's why it didn't click so much oh yeah you know? good point yeah um so i called gary they were doing a test at road atlanta with their new driver that was coming along Felipe Nasser and he said why don't you come down and see how you like it and I'm like if I'm coming down I'm gonna I'm coming to work for you I'm not coming yeah. down I, I've been to a test before and <laughs> right, I, you right. know it's like yeah next day I had a contract with them and I told and Mike was Mike was cool because my yeah. kid was getting ready to start school you know because it's August he's just mm-hmm. he's like an eighth grader at the time you yeah. know so that was important, you know, that I get him in school. I didn't want to yeah, move pull him out right halfway. After. Yeah. So me and my son packed up. I had a BMW at the time and drove down here, did the test, kind of drove back over to North Carolina, checked out a few places, had to find a place to rent and all yeah, this yeah. kind of thing. Got all that done. And that was it. Moved my shit down here. And, <laughs> and here you are. <laughs> and here yeah, I am. Yeah. And you guys have been kind of successful ever since. I think you've been done, uh, yeah, you've done doing, okay. Doing okay. <laughs> All right, we're not really a racing show, uh, as much as we pretend we are. But I, I do have a couple of racing questions. Sure. Just sort of now that we now that people kind of have a sense of your your, your overall biography. So, 2013, when things go south, you make an offhand comment that gets printed. That was 2014. It was Daytona, actually. Oh, 2013 okay. is when, when it the, all that was when it was all started. Rolling, rolling, so, you know. so 2014 is when it when it all goes yeah. south. Um, but where I was going with that is by 2014, you're effectively at a 20-year history with Ganassi. Yep. Um, including... One year away from getting that Rolex watch. Oh, is that a thing at Ganassi? Yeah. Oh, well, it that. was then. It, yeah. was, it was then. I don't know if yeah. they still do it, but it was then. Yeah, it's a Timex now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they take it out of your per diem. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, no, where I was going with that, though, is that like, not only were you there for that long, but a ton of success, you know, uh, all the way down to... You know, being the guy in charge of the car when you win the 500. You know, there have been lots of cool stuff. Um, getting dropped because of one comment that gets printed seems a little on the extreme side, which would make me interpret that as maybe things weren't already going well. Well, probably a little bit. Yeah. You know, like I, I wasn't happy, I guess. Just there was a lot of other things personal wise and things yeah. like that, but I wasn't happy and. They probably were less happy with me going through that. Sure. All right. So, Go ahead. no, I was just going to say, so basically, yeah, because like, like Sean and I were talking about before, it's like if you have the reputation and the and the results that you have, you spend that much time with somebody, they're willing to overlook a comment, mm-hmm. you, you know what I mean, or give you a, you know, a little bit of a timeout, but yeah. to be yeah. let go. Because I remember when that happened, I was like, but he's the guy. 
like you're the you were the Daytona prototype guy. I'd be in a that's why I thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I looked it up before we left, I think the you uh, your DP record is I think you won eight hundred races. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure, and like he's like 801, Sean. You won 13 championships in six years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but like that program was so good that legitimately IMSA had one good PR gimmick in their whole career, uh, where they had a bounty on your car. That to was lose. the wanted thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. twenty five. Yeah, I thought that was clever. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. should enter another car yeah. and beat ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> I got I got in trouble for mocking it. Yeah. Um, Ganassi. Huh? You know, it's, it's funny like, you say yeah. Magnus I, doesn't do this. I, I do this. I remember, and it may have been 2011, 2012, mm-hmm. and it was one of the guys on pit lane. Maybe it was Brian Till or Chris Neville or one of them. They had brought up something yeah. um, during the race broadcast or before the race. They said, you know, it's incredible you guys have won 38% of the races since you've entered Grand Am. And you're and like, that low? <laughs> That's exactly where my mind went. I mean, he's going on, and all I'm thinking is, how the f*** did we lose 62% of the races? Like, I, was sh- like, I wasn't looking at records. I'm like, yeah, right. I was sure we won at least 50%. Like, yeah. like you're embarrassing me yeah. right now, yep. the way I thought. Yep, yep. Yeah, They're literally like trucking in baby seals just so you can club them. Yeah. Now, given that, um, so if you're focused on that, that means I'm going to go on a limb and say maybe you're competitive. <laughs> More than a little bit. Yeah, I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah. So cool that you had a job and cool that you were able to maybe sort out some things outside of the, the racetrack. Yeah. But working on that Delta Wing program, when it's the only car out there, yeah, you're developing a cool piece of machinery, but you're not out winning yeah. um, per that, se. Like I said, the, the fun part about it was just going through that. And like I said, the not having the stress of really – right. It, the lower expectation, I guess, because, yeah. you know, you weren't trying to put together a winning strategy right. per se. You know, you're just trying to hopefully finish the damn race, and it was yeah. pretty cool. You know, you'd still strategize and stuff like that, but right. it, certainly the pressure was less. The, the project was fun. The people there were fantastic. Like, there's some of the best people I worked with. Like, they're really good people. But you strike me as a guy... You actually identified something really key in your in your let's call it the Chris Neville conversation. You didn't look at it as winning thirty eight percent of races. You lost it as losing sixty two percent. Right. So I hate losing more than I like winning. <laughs> I one hundred percent relate to this. Yeah. Um, but then that's my point is like what gets you up? I'm guessing, and I don't know, is that you're probably so mad that you just got beat by somebody. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if there's not that on a Delta Wing program, like honestly, that the, the, you're not afraid of losing. What, what happens to with me is that. You know, the euphoria of winning only lasts so long. The sting of losing lasts for f***ing ever, it seems like, you know. It's like if you could bottle up that euphoria feeling, you know, that would be great. But you well, they, can't. They do, once it's, once it's gone, I, I'm yeah. – It's mushrooms, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's – you're excited. You won and everything. But it's like like kind of our motto. I've always thought that I expect to win. So it's like I, I don't go freaking crazy because we won because I, I that's what I you're expected here to, do. to win yeah. when I I've, got here. I've read that quote from you online several times in the last few days. Like we we work as an expectation to win. Yeah, that's the goal. Like every day it should be that we are expected to do this. Yeah, yeah. All right. Having said that, just fun gossip. Um, in the heyday of the Grand Am stuff, who was the trigger to lose to? Was there one team like Wayne oh, Taylor? God, it was Wayne Taylor. Yeah, it was definitely not Taylor. Taylor. Uh, anyone but those, those glasses. Honestly, it was. Um, the 99 car. Oh, Gainsco. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Why? Because I think that they were 
given a little extra, <laughs> you know, to by your boss. Just <laughs> why are you well, holding I, back I, now? Well, I, 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 yeah, Bob Stallings can't I, hurt I, you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't yeah. think the playing field was actually fair. Okay. Okay. So what I just heard was that all of Alex Gurney yeah. and uh, John Fogarty's results were rigged. Yeah. According to yeah, Tim pretty Keen. much. Yeah. They would have never beat us straight up. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody would have. Well, we know what, what auto insurance you don't have. Yeah. And that um, should yeah. have been sixty two thirty eight. Yeah. He's like never gonna <laughs> let that go. Yeah, wow. Your your background was you know, open wheel racing and you had like tremendous success and we're gonna go over that as well. But f- for my background is sports car racing, right? So when the Daytona prototype yeah. showed up, I was like the first generation, I'm like, Ooh, that's not the coolest, Ugly. coolest car ever. Ugly. Yeah. Um, but you guys came in and kicked ass and took names. And I guess what I'm going for is, did you give a shit that it was an ugly race car? Or it was like, this is what we have. We got to beat all these other ugly race cars. No, I, I was actually just happy to be road racing instead of, I, I hated the IRL. Okay. So I was so glad to be out of IndyCar at that yeah. time. I mean, I hated the IRL. Yeah. Still hate what happened in that whole era. Mm-hmm. Like, it yeah, yeah. killed IndyCar. Mm-hmm. You hate it because it. ovals don't do much for you, or you just hate no, the politics I, I mean, about I'm it? Not, I don't mind ovals, but yeah. not every week and doing the stupid kind of racing they were doing, all that pack racing. It was like seeing what happened to Dan Weldon and stuff like that. It could have happened every week. And I couldn't stand watching. Well, I couldn't it, stand being a part of it. It did almost happen for one of your cars. In yeah. Three, so. Well, the very last test I did at the IRL was when Tony Rinna got killed. Yeah, right. And so that did it for me. And I was very thankful that I was allowed to be put on this program. And, uh, yeah, that I just couldn't. And I was like a lead mechanic for Thomas Schechter in 2003. And, I mean, fuck, we wrecked every week like but that guy was like a gumby like he could hit the <laughs> wall hurts. he could hit the wall head yeah. on at 200 miles an hour and just go whoo yeah fuck where's the backup car well, you i got know? the impression right. there wasn't much to really hurt <laughs> yeah right what was tony Renner like to work with i knew him for maybe 12 hours so wow yeah okay very unfortunate yeah so basically you you fitted him didn't didn't know him. Yeah. you know talked yeah. had a couple of conversations just around the car but that was it yeah would have liked to have gotten to know him. But, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was tough. And my son had just been born, I mean, like maybe three weeks before that. So, you know, that whole euphoria of your son being born and then knowing that somebody's son just got killed, mm-hmm. it was just, fuck, it hit me hard. I, I had to take like a month off, honestly. Jeez. And so that's it. Just to paint that picture in terms of uh, – People not knowing the story. So Tony Renner was a very, very promising driver out of Indy Lights. Did a couple of IRL races the year before. Um, got a big opportunity to sign with Ganassi. And uh, and then it attested Indy in, I think, December or November. November. Yeah. Um, and it went wrong pretty early. Yeah, I, yeah. Maybe five laps. Yeah. Not to get too much into this, but... Uh, yeah, I get, I yeah. get real emotional. No, and I understand yeah, that. I, that's a terrible situation. Yeah. The... the st- story as it's been told without getting into any specifics is that had that incident happened on a race day there may not be an indy 500 anymore mm, i don't know yeah. people would have saw some ugly stuff i'm yeah. sure yeah yeah so happier times um you <laughs> yeah, were uh, yeah. oh we got, uh, we got some good I'm ones. Not drinking for sorrow right. here. yeah well but so you grew up as as an indiana guy so obviously yeah. the 500 is a big deal yeah seen um, a lot, i've seen a lot of bad shit, you yeah know, but when it 
as close to you like that. It's right. different, you know. And it, but you you worked your way up on a champ car program being out of Indianapolis. So yep. um, your team was the first of the sort of champ car era to really make the big jump and do Indy and yep. see how that goes. And you may uh, you may have had a partner in a pretty cool deal. That was cool. With Montoya, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was a lead mechanic at the time. Yeah. Actually, Steve Goff and Andy Graves put that thing together. Yeah. You yeah, know, they we, were like running the thing. And Gary Neal, I believe, was part of that. No, I know he was. Yeah. Gary Neal, I don't know if you know him. He's a really good guy. Yeah. And very switched on. Like, we had a lot of good people. And like Probably I said, we were doing him. the cart thing. We had this coming along. So, I mean... It, t- it took a lot of people. I mean, we probably had 200 employees at the time just in Indianapolis, something like that. You know, it was it was nuts. So everything was done proper. And um, it was kind of cool that we had raced Nazareth earlier in the month. It got snowed out. It got rescheduled the day before the Indianapolis 500. Chip charters a plane like a... 737 or something like that <laughs> right. which you do yeah why yeah, yeah whatever yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a saturday yeah and uh it's coming out of your per diem <laughs> <laughs> so we went and did that race i think we we actually had a pretty good race and i can't remember what happened i think maybe ended up third something like that i can't remember i know we didn't win <laughs> of course you do <laughs> and um came back and then it looks like it's going to rain out the indy 500 we sit around for freaking ever and it's like two o'clock in the afternoon and it looks like it's going to be going and i mean i'm 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 one of these guys i want to be first at everything like when you're doing engine changes as a mechanic like i'm going to be everybody in our our engines firing up first yeah, you know that yeah. kind of thing and we everybody was like that like we we're real competitive with each other like if you're doing a damper change We'd be like, raise your hand. Mine's first. I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm giving um, the other guy shit. Yeah. So it's like, I was like, we have to get this car. We're going to be the first ones out of this tunnel out out there. And sure enough, we got we got our car there, rolled through the tunnel, and that was kind of a love hate thing at the time, you know, because a lot of people hated um, Ganassi because he he wasn't an IRL oh, and yeah, there was you're IRL not one fans. Of ours. Yeah, 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 you're not one Trader, of ours. So yeah. the boos and the cheers and right, all this. Right. But when we rolled out of that tunnel, it was insane how how big that was. Yeah, that that many people they were still there, and it was just like I knew it's like you want to be the first one out there, and we rolled out on the grid, and it was just like we got this. Like we're gonna kill these mother. Today. <laughs> <laughs> and we did like one one destroyed him yeah and we killed him in the pits too like i said I, I was a fuel guy and i and i dug it man like i think our first pit stop was probably five seconds faster than greg ray's stop yeah and he was a guy running yeah second at the yeah. time and right. or leading at the time i can't remember and they yeah. were the big irl right. oh yeah they were the guys right. yeah and it was like <laughs> i think it took him five or six attempts to beat us off pole you know and right. then they're all pounding in their chest and it's like we we took one we attempt. did one lap yeah <laughs> <laughs> we got steve goff motherfuckers. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember our very first stop because our radios weren't working for which is a Used to always be kind of a funny thing, or like a Ganassi thing. Like, always had shit radios. Everything like, else is amazing. Everything was everything yeah, was amazing, and we had shit <laughs> radios. Always a radio problem. I hope they got that fixed now because it was. <laughs> but so we couldn't really hear what was going on. Yeah, Steve Goff was kind of like a. He was kind of like a director at the time. Mm-hmm. He wasn't going over the wall. He was a white shirt, yeah, and he was time. just kind of directing the every, yeah. everything that was going Oof. on. You know and. Um, 
I look back at Steve could hear for whatever fucking reason. He could hear. Nobody else could. And yeah. Steve's going, we're pitting. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, when are we pitting? And he's like, now. And I'm like, what do you mean now? And he's like, he's in pit lane now. I look up and he's like, there. Right, right. So it's yeah. like, and I'm like, I'm stood over the wall and I, you know, I'm, you bring your hose on, you're getting positioned. It's like, I look up and he's, you know, 30 feet away from yeah, me, yeah. you know, doing a hundred miles an hour still, you know? And it's like, it was just crazy. Obviously winning Indies is like a big deal, but we heard a story about the rookie test with Montoya mm. where normally when they do rookie orientation, they make you go like, you know, 170, 190 and all the way up. And we heard that he just went out on the first attempt and just like blew the doors down. <laughs> He didn't. He didn't have. He was such a cocky shit man, and I, and, I lo- and I loved it about him. You know, because he he just he was so talented, and he and he knew it. Yeah, you know, and yeah. he would let you know it. Yeah, and not just like he'd just tell you to fuck off, and he's gonna kick your ass. You yeah, know, like yeah. and he would. But yeah, and he would make funny. He was like, he was like, this thing's like driving a John Deere tractor, man. So we put a John Deere tractor sticker in the car. Yeah. The winning car had a John Deere tractor sticker on the inside. We couldn't put it on the outside because the sponsor stuff. What was the first interaction like with Montoya? Was there a test or something where you got to see it for the first time? Um, I got a couple funny stories about that. Well, one wasn't so funny that we read, um, can't remember. Maybe we ran Jimmy the first day or something like that. And we're in the middle of taking an engine out and changing a turbo and stuff. And he's in a rental car and I ever been to Firebird. It's just, it's like, it's in the middle of the yeah. fucking desert, yeah. you know? So he, um, he comes out in his rental car and he's like fucking spinning into the, by the, by the tent we have set up. And you've never met this kid before, but everything's exposed. We got turbo and shit out. So all this oh, dirt, dirt oh, and yeah. shit's blowing yeah, yeah, yeah. in. It's like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> So that was the first one that was just like, man, welcome to the team. You might be cool. Yeah. This ain't f-ing cool. Yeah, yeah. Don't and, do that. and he didn't even real, you know, he sure. was just like stupid young kid, you know, at the time, and he's just like, oh sh-, man. So next test we do, and I'm a front end mechanic at the time. This was ninety nine, ninety eight actually going into the ninety nine season. So we're at Sebring. We make do an adjustment on the front. And so he sat in the car, and where I'm standing, basically, my nuts are right there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he reaches over and flicks me on the nut. <laughs> and it's like one of those, like, you know, like sometimes you can really get hit in the nuts, and it's like, I thought it would hurt worse. Yeah. And then there's times you can barely, barely even touch it. it. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, oh. and it was one of those times. <laughs> and I mean, it, it hurt so bad. And I, I just reached down. And you know, when you're strapped in an Indy car, your junk's basically oh, yeah. piled yeah, right yeah, up yeah, there, there. Right there. I reached down with it. And I grabbed it as hard as I could. I could feel his balls rolling in my hand. And he's squealing. And, and I just said, don't ever f- Dude, like <laughs> shit like that to me again. Yeah. I will get you back. Yeah. So we have a lot of respect for each other. I mean, it was just like, but he knew then it was. Yeah. You get it back. I got a handful of that. Shit. <laughs> Not to make this a one Montoya show, but uh, at the time, say '98, end of '98, when when he starts getting looked at, you know, this is an F3000 kid or what would now be F2. Um, did you guys know much about him? Like, it was his first test? I'd never heard of him. Right. Oh, wow. So when he shows up at any point, are you like, oh, shit, this guy's going to be one of the greatest of all time? 
No. I mean, he had great car control, and I trusted um, Morris Nunn was sure. yeah. the guy that went over with Chip and actually looked at him, and he came back, and he said, this kid's going to be magic. Yeah. Like, we had Alex Zanardi at the time and Jimmy yeah. Basser, and he was like, you aren't even going to remember that. You wow. know, he's like, that kid. Yeah. And no disrespect to anybody, sure. because yeah, I, t- yeah. I tell you one thing, that like, my, one of my favorite wins ever was the first win I had in IndyCar, and it was Jimmy Vassar at Homestead in 1996. Yeah. And I don't think Jimmy ever got enough. I think he's very underrated for what he did in his career. Yeah. Because I don't think if it wasn't for him, Zanardi wouldn't have had the career he had yep. in IndyCar or Montoya for yep. that matter. Right. We we like to ask this to people, especially in a program like that. Who's the who's the test that we don't know about? Well, there was one. At, this was in Grand Am. This was before we got Rojas. This was when Diaz made the poor decision to go race for Fernandez. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. And um, Rojas wasn't even on the list. I can't remember the guy's names. One of them ended up getting killed in Mexico NASCAR about two years later. Pablo something. Um, the other guy, I ended up calling him Scoops. <laughs> Because he smelled like a fucking litter box, you know? Like that. Oh, Jesus Christ. It, it, it was like he showed up to the test right. and, and hadn't washed his underwear and fire suit for who knows how right. fucking And you know what? That that just, yeah. it smells like a fucking litter box. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause and basically so I called the, him Scoops because I think that's a <laughs> thing with a... Right. Because basically the team at that time had heavy influence from Carlos Slim mm-hmm. and his telecom company, yeah. so so... Having a Mexican co-driver with Scott Pruitt oh, was, yeah, that, was pretty yeah, critical. That was the only way it was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Neither one of them spoke very good English, yeah. which I said that that isn't going to be very good. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm like, and we got we got to call and make we got to make yeah. something happen. This ain't going to work. Yeah. You know, there's right. got to be somebody else in Mexico that can drive a f-ing race car. Yeah. So we got Sergio Perez. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, and he was useless. Yeah, because he was only 11. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> a child. Yeah, and so. Carlos was like this guy that was in our program. He hadn't he hadn't raced for like a year. His name's Memo Rojas. Said get him on a fucking plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he did. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, he showed up with he hadn't driven anything in at least a year. Yeah, yeah. Because he had done the junior open wheel circuit for a bit, but it didn't quite pan out, and so right? it just kind of fizzled yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, he came he came in for the test, and um. So we had we had extended obviously the test for a bit, you know, because he needed a day to get there and stuff like that. So he shows up and we're able to go to dinner with him that night. And he could speak English very well. I mean, like he was great to talk to and everything like this. And I mean, I'm holding his hands and I, and I'm like looking him in the eye and I'm like, you have got to do this. I said, I know, I said you've got to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is it for yeah. you. Yeah. Like, and yeah. I've got a percentage yeah. that I'm aiming for here. Yeah. Like, it's gonna you've be got to do this. Yeah. This ain't yeah. gonna be easy. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to do this. Yeah. And he did. We should. We got to get into the drunken pit stops. We do. We yeah. do. Uh, no, Steve Goff already. No, 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 no. First, we need to confirm if these. Yeah, I mean, what if he was full of? Are you? I wouldn't say drunk. I would say more like wasted. So, are you familiar with the Steve Goff episode? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, when you were hearing that, were you like, oh, no. Uh, glad it's 2020 or no, 2018, I guess, when you did that. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of you guys, man. I'm, I'm glad you know. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, it's, <laughs> so you're in Rio. Yeah. I don't know what year it is, early 2000s. This was 99. 99. First year there with Montoya. 
<laughs> I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. I forget it like it was yesterday. <laughs> All right. So Steve told us to drink. Uh, yeah, well, uh, it, it was called. raining and, you yeah. know, it's an oval race. Yeah. But, and it's like, we're not racing today. And it didn't, like everybody was thinking right. we're not racing. So right. we're out in pit lane. We're messing around. There's some people in the stands. We're swinging a broomstick at a speed gun, trying to see how fast we could swing it. And the crowd would cheer. So and it's dudes. like, oh, yeah, yeah. we're swinging yeah. some more. Yeah. So yeah. we get bored of doing that. And so Steve and I, and I think it was just me and Steve, we're wandering around. There's this great big Cadillac bar, and Herdez guys are there. And it's all adding up so far. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, ah, Caprinas. And it's like, <laughs> fuck, why not? We ain't racing today. I'm on the clock so, or whatever. And you got to, like, it was so dreary. Like, there was no way. Like, yeah. where we were standing, right. it was wet, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, And I like liquor. And, uh, <laughs> duh. <laughs> so, yeah, we have we have a couple drinks. We're just shooting Right, right. Not, and not even, and I don't even know how long we were there. Maybe a half hour, 45 minutes. Not even that long, I don't think. Right. And we hear over the PA, grid in 20 minutes. And we look at each other like, no f- way. And it's like. <laughs> Yeah, well, one more, I guess. You know? <laughs> We've and come this far. And that's what we did. And went and jumped in our fire suits. And I'll never forget, like, Montoya was, the track was so dirty. Yeah. Like, they couldn't sweep it enough. Like, the cars had so much downforce. They sucked up so much. Yeah. Anything that was in the track yeah. was getting sucked up by these cars. Yeah. So he was really nervous because he was starting up front. And he puts, like, 12 tear-offs on his visor and. Found out that wasn't the best idea. <laughs> Lap one comes around, and he goes to take a tear off, and it looks like a flock of seagulls oh, going yeah, down yeah, that's yeah. front straightaway. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, boy, this is going to be – this is lap one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you can barely see the cars behind it. It was like a Still spray. spray. Yeah, wow. So he comes in for his first pit stop, you know. and But, I mean, I don't know. It's <laughs> – and it's a, not something I would recommend. The childish yeah. grin, though. But, it, but, it was, but, it, but getting away with it, yeah. I mean, it was. <laughs> yeah. On a scale of one to blackout, where are you? Oh, no. Nothing like that. No. Okay. No, no, no. We're feeling good. I mean, Have we're a great we're, time. Yeah. No, never. I mean, these, not, these drinks are when not When I soft. say wait, and like, no, we, we were obviously able to do our job very well. Like, we killed him in the pit. Like, killed him. <laughs> uh-huh. well, and I mean, we're just, we're just like, holy shit. Man, this all—it almost seems easy, right? Right. Have you seen those movies where it's like the people are drinking and it's their version of what's going yeah, on, yeah, and then yeah. they pan to the camera of somebody else and they're just and drunk and more? Sh- yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like if we ask guys on the other Ganassi car, they're like, "No, they were puking everywhere." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. They're gonna exaggerate. It would have right. been better yeah. if it was our car. He that they barely yeah, they kept filling up the pit. He, cr- he crawled over the wall. And I had to stick the fuel hose in for him. <laughs> the visual we were given, yes. Is that as so Juan leaves the pits, other cars are going by. Like you beat your team car out. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm doing the shotgun thing. Or <laughs> yeah, you're like, like a Gatling like a, gun. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was real. I've waited it years was real. to see that. Like so a, you really did. Jimmy Vassar's flipping me off as he's going by. So you're holding your fuel probe. Yeah. Like it's a Gatling gun. Yeah, just like you're a paid professional. Yeah. 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 You're a car, are you the car chief on this thing? Uh, no, I wasn't a lead mechanic. I was a front-end mechanic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, only. But, yeah, only a front-end mechanic front end. for Montoya Ganassi. Yeah. 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 And uh, <laughs> like I said, I, I, I like would. like the truck driver I would, came out I of would here. Never, I would never. Yeah. 
Never did anything like that again. It was like, we got away with it. <laughs> yep. That's that's good enough. You right, know, that's right. one story you're never going to forget. Yeah. <laughs> so you, know, you have a teenage son <laughs> who probably thinks he's getting a lot past you when he probably isn't. Right. Uh, was, you don't think there was any of that? No, I know that. No, no, no. no I'm no, saying like with your you, bosses. You, yeah. your ass, like, we know what oh, you're like doing. Oh, I'm not drunk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What are you talking about? Still holding the drink. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm always this like. I mean like this. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and then at the end of the race, I'm picking him up. He's standing on the wall. I'm on the ground, and he's got his arms out like the front of the Titanic. You know, the, the chick Titanic. Yeah. They're standing on the front of the ship, and I pick him up, and I'm walking him around, and right. he's, like, doing the and, But there's no way Mike yeah. Hall thinks you're drunk. <laughs> well, people celebrate in different ways. Yeah. We just started early. We knew we were going to win. Yeah, we just started get early. Get yeah. ahead of it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that, that we got through uh, drunken pit stops, but we also had uh, another Steve Goff thing. He said, ask him about filming the Driven movie and the Burt Reynolds wheelchair, wheelchair story. <laughs> this was Chicago in 2000. We've talked about Driven a lot on the show, but what was your, and what was your, what were you led to believe it was supposed to be leading up to it? Because obviously, like if you read about it, it was like, oh, it's going to be this huge well, deal. You want it, you want to think that it's going to be something, but whenever they said it was going to be Sylvester Stallone in it, you, it immediately you, <laughs> you go, knew, you like, knew it was going to be Sylvester good. Stallone, a race car driver, <laughs> like, duh, yeah, got this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're getting there. Change um, of tires, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you knew then it was going to be a joke, and unfortunately. So despite but, the PR during the production, you guys within the pack, oh yeah, you we kind were, of have a we're sense involved, and they got yeah. Chip and Mike and everything. Well, right. there was one that we were on the grid at Chicago. They had Burt Reynolds in all this makeup, like he looked like a peach. Yeah. <laughs> and so his part was he is this crippled man, kind of like I guess they were going to be like the Frank Williams, yeah, sure, right. car. Yeah, you know, right, it's like. Yeah. They're bringing him down, and everybody's, like, doing this thing where they're cheering and things like that, doing the production, and he gets the end, and we're at the front of the grid, you know, because we qualified well. Yeah. And so they stop about three or four cars short of a, us. They say, cut. He gets out, out of his chair, and I, and I yell, it's a miracle. <laughs> 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 he can walk. And I mean, I'm like running Going over to it, him yeah. and, and he's laughing, you know, because he gets it how yeah. corny this looks, right, you know, right, yeah. and it was it was funny. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like that. I'm pretty quick witted. and. I, I ran into Calvin Fish yesterday in the in the airport and uh, his his suggestion was to ask you about taking a shit at Daytona when Justin Wilson thought the car was broken and uh, now see that's where you get the people making it up you oh, know that, okay. like i had to go take a piss okay okay all right all right <laughs> I, but I had had to piss for like a while you know how you're you're into something and it's like i gotta piss but then something happens it's like it can wait all right yeah. i guess it can wait you yeah, know and right. i had done that for like over an hour yeah what hour of the race is this Probably twenty hours in. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so you're like heavily is, invested in what's going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah and it, and yeah. we're we're leading at the time or second something. I mean, but, we're we're there. Mm -hmm. You know. I mean, we're. I know we're going to win. Honestly, I know we're going to win this race. First year with BMW, and I mean, we're just killing it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And unfortunately, the sister car, um, 
blew up with Montoya in it at like midnight. Yeah. You know, so yeah. like eight hours in or something. It's like, Shit. yeah. Um, but we just kept ch- we just kept chugging along, chugging along. So Justin had been in the car for just a little bit, and I'm like, I have got to go piss. You know? <laughs> so I step off. I still care, got my radio and headset on, you know, and I'm almost to the bathroom. And Justin comes on the radio and says, the car is broken. My first thought is, it just blew up. Yeah, like the motor, other car. Yeah, yeah. So Brad Goldberg, who was the engineer on the car, he said 10-4 was all he said. So I'm thinking, okay, they see the telemetry. Right, they it's, know what's wrong. It's yeah. done. But I'm not going to the bathroom. I, I, I'm not hearing anything, so I want to know what's wrong. Yeah, so yeah. as I'm, I'm done, got to piss at this point. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm running to the timing stand as I'm running. The car kind of goes by me and going straight to the garage. Brad just said, just drive it to the garage. I'm, I'm like, yeah, it, it's over, but I still want to know. You yeah, know, yeah, is yeah. it really over? So I get to the timing stand and I go, what happened? And they're like, we're not sure. I'm like, well, is it running? Yeah, it's running. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Why are you know? we here? So, like, yeah. <laughs> so I go back to the garage and Scott's there and I just opened the door and I said, what happened? He says, there's just this loud bang in the front of the car. And I'm like, but you drove it to the pits. I said, does it feel okay? And he's like, I think it might feel okay. Oh God. Jesus. <laughs> and I look at Scott and Scott goes, is a chunk of rubber fall. And we both thought the same thing. Yeah, it's right. a chunk of rubber fall fell out off the splitter and he ran yeah, over. Right, you know? right, yeah. And so at that point we're just, we're almost getting the car all the way off the ground. Body work's coming off and I'm like, put the body work back on, roll yeah. it back off. And we ended up getting beat by 40 seconds. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you didn't get second place. You lost. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We didn't podium at the daytime 24 hours. Yeah. I'll tell you, I, I got a saying about losing and getting beat. You know, you get beat by somebody that was better than you and you lose to somebody that you should have beaten. When Pippo gets into it with uh, Ricky at Petit last year, I get the sense based on who I've learned you are tonight that. No, wait a minute. Oh, okay. <clears throat> you say people got into it with Ricky. Ricky no, I mean, started that. After the race. After the race. Okay. Okay. So race has ended. No. Bullshit's happened. Are you. That's, like, that's I, a driver's thing. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm removed at that point. Okay. Copy that. I don't, I don't go there. I get the sense that you're a pretty loyal guy to your team, though. So like, Absolutely. You, you're going to back him because yep. he's your guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I was going with yep. it. Yeah, hundred percent. Like if it if it happens right there at our timing stand, I'll yeah. get involved. I'm right. not going out of my way to get in, sure. involved in yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know, don't come looking to me to help you know, right, in right, that yeah. regard. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, just for for uh, some of the folks coming up, you, what is your official title right now at Action Express? Performance coordinator. Performance coordinator. But effectively, you're running the team under under Gary Nelson. No, I, I mean, really, actually, Chris Mitchum actually is the. He actually runs more the daily operation of the team. Okay, I'm more involved with the pit stop stuff, and I work with Ian Watt okay. with setup stuff and things right. like that. When, like when we're a two car team, like I'm kind of engineering the other car too, you Got know, it. like making the setup changes and things right. like that. And but you're at a senior role for one of the top teams in IMSA. But you've yeah. you started as a truck driver. You've yeah. been you've been a front end mechanic. You've been a wheel changer. Now you're you're you know one of the top dogs out there. For a young person that wants to come up and turn wrenches, what's the greatest way to never work for you? Lie to me. Hmm. Or just not, like, uh, I can see a a passion in people and just having a good spirit. 
you know, if you if you think you're going to bullshit your way around it, that's that's going to last maybe a day. Yeah. You know, until you can see through their bullshit, and then then I re- I really uh, like, and I remove myself from people like that really quick. When you say don't lie, does that mean in terms of your core competence, or if you make a mistake, own up to it? No, yeah. If you if you make a mistake, own up to it. Yeah. But I mean, we all make mistakes. I always Speak say that. You know, I. I'm, and, you know, you try and point out that, you know, there's no such thing as little mistakes. And especially when you're involved in racing and things like that, you know, you, you take an organization, let's say there's 30 people. Let's say you, you all just make one mistake in a week, that's 30, that's even just a week, yeah. that's 30 mistakes you got to yeah. recover from, you know. So, I mean, it, it becomes a lot more critical, I think, in this environment, you know. So I, I just don't, I don't want to, I don't like tolerating people's, um, like if it's just excuses, you know, I'd rather just, yeah, people manning up and just saying, man, I f***ed up and I can deal with that. But somebody that says, oh no, but if that guy wouldn't have done this or the, this wouldn't have done this or, you know, it's like the kid saying my dog ate my homework. It's like, yeah. Okay. I'll listen to that once. If I'm a 19-year-old Ryan Eversley coming straight out of some sort of young upstart series and I'm trying to impress you to one day drive for you, what's the best way to lose your attention? Be slow. Ooh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. yeah. When, you're, when you're at a level where you're coming up to this, I mean, you're expected to be fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't work your way up to it. You know, it's yeah. like go out there and show what you can do. If, you, if you're not capable of doing that, then you don't belong in the car. All right. So your son is how old? 18. Just turned 18. All right. Let's talk. We've never really talked family life for oh, for yeah. a, a racer team manager. Just like the Wonder Years or something. No, no, no. But uh, so we may have heard that you leaving the house here in North Carolina when you are going out to Daytona or something like that may be a liability for having a teenage son. Oh, God. Well, what would you do if you were here? Like, uh, right. That's what yeah. I think. You yeah. Know? It's like yeah. you got to hope for the best. Expect yeah. that. There was going to be some shit happen, but trying to limit the amount of damage in yeah. the guard, you know, and try so, and make the. Right. But, we heard there yeah, might have been a party during Daytona this year that you didn't know about. It wasn't this year. It was uh, two years ago. Okay. Yeah. If there was one that. We have to... <laughs> no, the one we heard about was two years ago. It was two years ago. He's, we're good with him. Let's not out him for okay. something else. Sure. <laughs> He's like, how'd you know about the sound? <laughs> <laughs> I cleaned it up good. <laughs> this year? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so yeah, let, let's say it's different party. 2019, you're at you're at Daytona, and Daytona is obviously a huge. Not forget the qual the, the size of the race. Like you're gone two weekends, they're very long yeah. weekends. So you get a call from the neighbors. Yeah. What's going on? What's going on? And like, where are you in the process of the weekend at this point? Yeah. It could have been a it could have been a Friday. Was this the roar? Shit, I can't remember. It was the roar and then the race. I mean, we heard. Yeah. So, <laughs> I wasn't here. <laughs> but he was supposed to be staying with a buddy yeah. and his mom and, and, that lived about buddy a mile. That said the same here. thing to his parents oh, that yeah. he was staying with you. Yeah. No, no, he didn't. <laughs> but they said that they were going to a birthday party over at some other place. Well, she drove him over to this other place. Well, then when they got to the other place, there was some other kids that drove him back to this place. Yep. This sounds like a story told <clears> to you. And, um, Buy a police officer. <laughs> so my neighbor calls, and he's like, hey, man, there's kids running all around, and you're in and out of your house, and there's cars everywhere. And I'm like, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> so I call the lady where he's supposed to say, I said, hey, where's my kid and your kid? 
oh, I took him to a birthday party, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> you think? Right. I right. said, I'll tell you where they are. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that didn't go over too well. We kind of, we don't talk anymore. So when you leave, because you're effectively a single dad to a teenage son, when you leave the house, is there any fear of that kind of stuff continually? Yeah. Yeah, sure. You have a rule? Yeah, but I know, I know a lot of it's going to get broken. Like I just said, I, my thought is I, I don't want it to get to where, um, like I know people are going to drink. They're going to do stupid shit. All the same things you did. Yeah. Is that whatever happens here, like if if people come over here and drink, they're staying here and drink. That's what my parents You know what I mean? Yeah. They were like, we we know you're going to around just don't like go hurt somebody you stay here right. and take, yeah, yeah, yeah like i don't want people jumping off the roof that ain't gonna make it into the pool and shit like that because i would i did that my parents had a pool and we had like this pool might have shed. been the first thing we thought about literally we right we here. walked out and i was like i think you could get there from the roof i can make it you, i can make some it. good speed yeah speed i was thinking tequila <laughs> <laughs> With Felipe Nasser, uh, when you look at him, do you get lost in his eyes? Doesn't everyone? I believe so. Do you hear harps? <laughs> do you hear harps? Yeah. <laughs> Felipe Nasser wanted to know, not knowing that it'd be you, because we recorded with him at Watkins Glen. So if he was a little off one of the mornings, okay, we had like a us. bottle of wine, yeah. yeah, which he picked out. He did. It's on him. Wasn't that yeah. expensive? So I'm okay with. Yeah, it. he was no. Back Paul Tracy when it came to ordering that is fair, drinks because yeah. that guy that guy like tried to bankrupt us. He did. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh like, yeah. Let's get four shots of Louis. Oh no, oh. it kept going. Yeah. And yeah. Can, no joke. He's probably four x every other guest we've ever. Yeah. Had. He's the most expensive meal we've ever done oh, by a that lot. we that we paid for. That we paid for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you guys know you you writing a check or you well, pay we cash? We figured or? you were going to send an invoice. <laughs> yeah. and we'll be in Indy by that point. So, yeah, so good luck. Or out of state. Yeah. <laughs> Felipe Nasser, not knowing that you were going to be our next guest because we recorded with him months ago. Okay. Uh, what do you see yourself doing in the next 10 years? Winning more races. Yeah. <laughs> you want to think yeah, about it duh. for a second? <laughs> not losing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Firing you for such a dumb question. Uh, the guest we meet up with tomorrow is Scott McLaughlin. So we always have our guests then pass along another one. And it can a be question? To, yeah. To Scott. It Any, doesn't have to be anything. racing. It can be if he likes dogs. It can be anything. Yeah. Okay. First, for him, yeah. I'll ask a racer question: sure. Bathurst or Indianapolis 500? Mm. I like that. Yeah. So, in your years, obviously, a lot of different drivers, a lot of talented drivers, have come through your camp. Yeah. Is there one driver you absolutely never want to work with again? Dane Cameron. Really? Yeah. You didn't even hesitate. Suck it, Cameron. There's a lot of things we can say off the air, uh, <laughs> and but, just did, no. but uh, without getting into specifics that might get you fired on the air, <laughs> is it, to, to fix racing, which I don't believe there is such a thing uh, in the sense of like, I don't think there is a one yeah. sentence answer to fix racing, no, right. but do you think sports car is really, really good right now and nobody knows it? <laughs> um, and there's a lot of ways we can make it worse. Uh to make sports car racing better, do you think we need to look at it from a cultural standpoint of what we're doing as a whole? Do we need to look at it from a technical standpoint? What do you think are the main areas to make the sport really what it can be? I think there's so many different areas that um, that's that's really a difficult question because it, it depends on what you perceive it. you want it to be. Does it want to be 
racing used to drive the auto automotive industry and now it's the other way around it seems you know now racing is trying to follow what they're doing you mm -hmm. know i think for me personally i don't i don't i believe hybrid is a lost technology that is we're way behind on that that it's it's either going to be electric or internal combustion engine i don't think but that's that's my own personal opinion um, so I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm just a racer. So I, I really like, I, I'm selfish in that answer because, because I am just a racer that I want to see what my kid hasn't been able to see except on videos. When he watches stuff from 2005, when he was two, two years old of F1 cars, he's like, Oh, phew. I thought you were about to I'll, say Andy Evans. He's like, he's like, how come I want to hear cars that sound like right, that? Right, you know? yeah. He's like, this is crap. Yeah. What we're listening. And it's, it's like, it's not getting better. He's like, how come my generation can't ever, and they'll never yeah. get to experience that if we keep going down that. Yeah. And it's like, racing is different. And it's like, racing is now, I think it's kind of like the culture of the world. Fight, if I can say that, you know, it's like they're worried about you know what technology is out there and what who who you're going to affect and how how are they going to respond to that and you're trying to please all these different entities of mm -hmm. people whether it's green people or yeah. you know everybody so, gets a trophy you mm -hmm. know you don't want to mm -hmm. offend anybody and i just i disagree with that so much it's like I just think racing ought to be on a separate. So it, like, because it, like I said, it has gotten that way because now it's not racing. Isn't driving the car industry. The, the car industry is. is driving the racing. Yeah. And I think that's backwards to me. Yeah. So I don't want to paraphrase for you, but kind of putting that in a nutshell to me, you're making it sound like we're kind of caught almost in an indecision place or place of indecision because we're trying to go too many directions. Yeah. 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 I agree. With like that. the, mm, I don't care what kind of what kind of um, racing it is that really the person that's worried about the green environment probably isn't into racing anyway. Yeah. What do you yeah. mean? Yeah. <laughs> For sure. So why yeah. are we trying to please them? Right. And I think I also think it's funny it's that they they work on all these different types of formulas for the engines and the fuels and everything like that and then you're going out there and running tires for 40 miles and throwing them away yeah. right yeah well the, and that's, the, yeah. the literal <laughs> objective is racing is who's better who's burning natural resources better than the other guy yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. so steve goff got yelled at by chip ganassi for parking his boat you know on in the in the lot and the yeah. back lot what is what is Chip Ganassi? Definitely giving? a real story, by the way. Yeah, right. Because hey, right that real quick. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. What did uh, Chip give you shit about? Well, the one thing um, that I found out, and this was at, this was after I worked there for like three or four years, and he used to always have this party at Michigan, and it was called the Lobster Park Party. Okay. He'd have this lobsters shipped in, you know, like everybody yeah. does. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, sure. Yeah, we do it in TCR. And so, and he's up there telling this story, and this was when I, because I drove the truck for two years before I started doing the mechanic side and things. So yeah. he's telling the, and this was the first year I, I worked there, and we had raced in Nazareth, and he's up there telling this story about me. That after the race at Nazareth, him and his dad and a couple others, they're in a 
car and they're leaving the track and they're getting ready to pull out on this highway and this truck just goes, they're getting ready to pull out and this truck just goes barreling by him like 90 miles an hour. And <laughs> right. Then he's like, that was my truck. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking me driving, right? Because <laughs> he, he found out, he's like, I'm going to find out. Yeah, who, who the, the hell just is driving my truck like that you know it's like no okay he's an okay guy yeah i guess he can stay dick so as as a truck (laughs) so i almost yeah i could i could ended chip ganassi racing right then if he would have pulled out i guess i don't even remember it like it just happened all the time right yeah yeah i mean i was 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 like yeah yeah pull out yeah go for it um (laughs) i'm not gonna feel anything but yeah, I, he didn't even say anything. Tom Anderson, nobody even said anything until he was telling this story three or four years later, and nice. he was telling about that. And I was like, "How you come no you idea. never You're like, said hey, anything?" Assholes. To me. <laughs> like, no one told me. <laughs> okay, so on that same token, as a truck driver, statute of limitations is now twenty twenty one. Yeah. What's the dumbest thing you did in that truck that no one knows about? Hot swap. Come on, hot swap. Yeah, done that. Yeah, done the hot yeah. swap. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, kids. A hot swap. <laughs> in a moving vehicle. Yeah. In a, I was uh, really never, I, I was not a, like, I would go fast, but I, uh, I would say, I would well, hot myself. Hot swap is pretty a, dangerous. A, a, yeah. Hot swap is pretty bad. I don't know. When you're, when you're <laughs> like, ah, it's easy. <laughs> it's it only is, five it is tons. Easy. Yeah. You basically pull the seat all the way back. And, okay. Uh, what about uh, log books? And never, I never really kept any. <laughs> That's one way to cheat it. Yeah. That's one way to cheat it. The only time that ever happened, I think, I think was going at like into um, like Portland or something like that, and Bunch it was like hippies. they asked for a logbook, and I'm like, <laughs> I've never even been like back then. It wasn't that big of oh, a deal. Okay. Like, right? I could. Like, you make this sound like it was the '50s. Yeah, was, like this wasn't yeah, that yeah. long ago. Like, the '90s. It wasn't that, like like I said. They weren't that. Yeah, because like, like every time you pulled into a scale, it wasn't like they go, "Let me see your logbook." You just kept driving yeah. and like yeah. i knew how to keep a logbook but you never did and, and a, <laughs> but i mean we were driving like it was not like, like it was yeah. nothing like it is today you know everybody's on the up and up today right you couldn't have done what we did back then yeah, yeah. like we had like 20 some races and mm-hmm. like you, you could have done it if you would have hired more truck drivers but then yeah. like i would get done with fuel and packing up the truck with everybody else yeah Get in the truck and drive for 10 hours right then. Yeah. This may not be a fair statement, but in my experience with race teams, truck drivers are very hit and miss in terms of getting in with the culture. <laughs> yeah. There seems to be two mm-hmm. types. Of, like mm-hmm. They're either really ingrained in the team and they're awesome, or they're not. They're insane. <laughs> um, yeah, and there's like, that's no in between for some reason. Uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't can't name too many guys in sort of your general area of a, of a race team right now in sort of the administrative roles who started as truck driver. So, it, it, but the the funny thing is there there are there were more back then, like from where I was. Where yeah. Like a, you'd take a Scott Harner, which is with Ganassi. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He started as a truck driver. Okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, to, but my point is, um, I don't it, a, t- a truck driver that comes in now may not necessarily. Because like, you're not the, you're not a resume guy that's gonna walk around and be like I used to do your job. Yeah. Is my I'm guessing that's not you. Um, and uh, so, kind of like the teenage son who thinks he's getting away with something. Do truck drivers try to get away with things on you that you see right through? Honestly, I, I like everybody. I I think there's good people and bad people. I like good people. I don't like bad people. Mm-hmm. I mean, people can make mistakes. People can be 
not as bright as somebody else, but yeah. that that doesn't matter to me. If you're sure. a good person, you're a good person. If you're an asshole, I ain't got no use for you. Yeah. Uh, Best rental car story that you've uh, ever been a part of? Ooh. There's a couple, but one I'll tell out loud. <laughs> we were going to be late for a flight. We used to race in this 2003 IRL. Hated it. <laughs> Just put if, if I hadn't yeah. mentioned that before. Yeah. Yeah. We're racing at Pikes Peak, and we're flying out of Denver. I'm driving the car, and, I th- and it was like some SUV, and I th- there's like four of us in there. And if you ever been to Denver Airport, there's this great big long yep. like sweeper around the whole thing, and yep. you're, and I feel the right rear is gonna blow up. You know, you get that little vibration in the wheel, and it's like, yep, I'm blowing a tire. As you're going through the sweeper. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and Not I'm doing like driving. 95 yeah, miles right, right. an hour. Right? I don't did think you, most people know what you're that talking feeling, about. Yeah, 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 they don't feel. Wait, that. did you invoke something to get this flat? Well, it's just probably going too fast for all the people that were okay. in it. And I mean, we had, we had hauled us all the okay. way from the track because you know? you're late or just, yeah, or you're okay, just assholes. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's sort of and so <laughs> we're going around this thin bend, and I can feel it's going to blow up, and I'm like, shit, the tire's getting ready to blow in it, and it and it blew up. Oh, it did. Just just like a NASCAR thing, like it it was. Right, yeah, whapping yeah. on the clearly, side of the car. not a continental. Oh yeah, right. and I and I wasn't lifting, man. <laughs> well, you're and this thing yeah. is all over the place. It's not going to lose. Just yeah, right. On it yeah. And it's 38%. flapping, flapping yeah. on the side yeah. of the vehicle, and you know we get <laughs> there, and, the it, and it's panels. just yeah. it's just black, you yeah. know. When we get out, <laughs> I don't miss like, flights. Flights miss me. Thirty-eight percent, motherfucker. So does that go on Chip's credit card? How's that work? No, they ate it. It's a flat tire. It was my fault <laughs> that you kept driving. I, I told them ninety miles. Well, no, 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 I mean, no, no. we were at the we're airport. Getting what, we're getting what the people at the desk got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a flat tire. What do you want me to do? Yeah, it was yeah. a mile away. It yeah. just that last mile was, yeah, and the, the one you kept going on. Yeah, like it. Yeah, we got a lot of stories out of Steve Goff about you, but what's the Steve Goff story that we didn't get when you listen to his episode? You're like that. Mother- oh God, at a time. I mean, he burned you. What? Well, he told us that on the were, Rio thing. Yeah, because that wasn't. He told your story without any permission. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we didn't he, send he you did. a preview. I, I was, I was actually shocked about that. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. Wait, okay. did you hear about it? How, how did you hear about that? I listened to it. So no he, one, no uh, one no, reached out and was like, "Hey, no. did you hear that he's uh, no. giving away the goods?" No, no I just oh, nice. oh, so, so you're just like actually with listening to our show, and you're like, "This, <laughs> yeah, I was like, Steve Goss on Dinner with Racers." Of course, I'm gonna listen. And then I was like, as soon as that kind of led into it, I was like, oh, here no. it comes. Yeah. Oh boy! Yeah. <laughs> now everybody knows, right? Yeah. Yep. No, I don't. I don't have any like that. Is the Steve Goff and Tim Keen story? Yeah. Who's gonna play Tim Keen in the Tim Keen movie? Who's gonna play Tim Keen? I hear Kevin Costner a lot. Oh, I see yeah, that. Okay. Yeah, I immediately see that. See that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, good call. Yeah. What's the best cheat you ever heard about? Best cheat. I don't know. I can tell you the biggest bullshit cheat. Nah. That we got called out for at VIR. And we got impounded after qualifying. What car? This is the Grand Am. Grand Am. That was yeah, the only time yeah. prototypes around there. And... Uh, uh, and it was us in the Gainesco car, you know, is like the battle or whatever. Keep hearing a theme here. Yeah, I'm noticing a little bit of anger. And so <laughs> anger. We get we get pole supposedly. 
but our w- <laughs> rear wicker is 11 or no, nine thousandths of an inch. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's how you got the pole. Too tall. Wait. So when when they wait, wasn't a DP a standard when, issue? Huh? Wasn't a standard issue? There was wicker? a maximum. Okay. okay. It's like three quarters of an inch or something right. like that for the on the top of the main plane. But I thought they were standard issue rear wings. Yeah, I thought it was like a Crawford wing you had to run. Yeah, the ring, right. but not the wicker. But not the wicker itself. Yeah, yeah you the could wickers you could run up to three quarters of an inch. Mm-hmm. I think but they was. were supplied or you could make your own? No, you made your own. Okay, mm-hmm. so you could theoretically cheat that. Yeah, but they measured them. I, I, I understand. But, but they, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they had this like piece but of but aluminum with a scratch line on it yeah, that yeah, they yeah. would put on <laughs> yeah. there. And it was like, okay, Very as long scientific. as it's yeah. below the scratch line or roughly there, it was good. So after qualifying, they got the... Calipers like actual digital calipers, like, yeah. And I'm like, that's not how we went through tech. And they're and and then they're going, oh yeah, well it's nine thousand too big. I'm like, for measured from where? I'm saying you're not measuring it the same way. You know, you're doing your argument or whatever. And I said, and it and this was so funny <laughs> because my brain instantly goes to just I'm gonna beat you <laughs> I'm gonna, i have to win put this tech. out with gas i have to win tech <clears throat> yeah and so i said okay you're you're gonna bounce us i said what's the what happens if we start from pit lane yeah. i said we don't have to do a recon lap or anything else and they're like no you just start from pit lane after they go by you go so i'm like okay and this was in the time when you had you had to pit within the first thirty minutes or some shit like that, so I said I'm gonna pit on lap three. Mm-hmm. We pit on lap three. On lap three, Tracy Crone, thank thankfully, he- I could always count on that guy. <laughs> There's a yellow. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> and so we go from last to first because everybody's coming in right. because you have you to pit do in the, the first thirty minutes. There's a yellow, yeah, and it's yeah. like. And they were so mad. They were so mad because they were just not wanting us to win yeah, that right, bad. Yeah, right, you know that right. they're like, "This is it." Yeah, you know. Yeah. I remember Dave Spitzer trying to get us. Like they find the biggest thing they find us like fifty grand or some like that. Like they took our engine like eight times in 2010, I believe it was eight times to dyno it. One time. He he just calls and he says, "All right, it's going to be fifty thousand. I want to say it's fifty grand. Right, like, right. that's well, a that, huge that's number a for a sports car racing. For a, yeah, you know. yeah, that's nothing in NASCAR. And, and, sports and the car, thing of it is, like, of. like yeah. everybody thinks, oh, it's going to ask you just throwing money around. Like we had a we had a pretty small team. We didn't. Our budget was not like yeah, just whatever the hell you want. You mm-hmm. know? And and I'm like, what for? And he's like, your engine was fifteen. Um, the torque was 15 higher than what it showed last time. I'm like, that's not in the ballpark. Right, right. 15 foot pounds of torque. How many motors did you try? I said, what's the what's the maximum? What's your and he's like, three in the maximum. It was 15 more than what it was before. I'm like, that's not. I a said, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm screaming. I'm like, <laughs> you gotta be. <laughs> but I think they took like 25 points away or something like that. It's like yeah. basically a race win or something. Yeah, yeah. But it's that kind of shit. It's just nonsense to me. It's yeah, like yeah. that kind of, like I said, that kind of, I got you, and you really didn't get me. You're right, just making right. shit up. Yeah, yeah. So you worked at Ganassi, you know, pretty much throughout their Daytona prototype, 
program with the original cars, and you have a new puppy named Max. Is that because of you love Max Pappas so much? Oh yeah, love. <laughs> no. <laughs> what was your take on the whole Pappas Magnuson thing, at Olmstead? Oh, back in like the very first one of the first races, yeah. yeah. first DP. I thought that was. I thought that was so. F- cool yeah, yeah. <laughs> i did yeah i was just like man these guys are just like they're beating on each other man and yeah, 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 yeah. but they're having you could clearly see that they're they're having fun i mean yeah. it's mad but you're having fun right man. and you're like you you yeah. you know it's yeah and you could kind of see that it was like man these guys these cars can take a pretty good oh, yeah, beating. Like, we're shit, gonna have some right. fun yeah here, everybody's gonna start doing that can't yeah. do that Hopefully. in the irl yeah <laughs> or modern dpi like what made it um kind of go even further was bob stallings had called out something and basically kind of called out chip on tv <laughs> and um chip wasn't f-ing happy because he's like who the f- bob stallings you know calling me out you know right, right. and um so we were at Daytona, and we had just gotten in, and I and I want to say this was after our 15 foot pounds of torque penalty and all this. <laughs> shit. We had to add 75 pounds of ballast. Mm. Everybody that ran a BMW at the time, which was only us and Peter Barron, right? Yeah, yeah. And we got told this like two days before we're leaving for yeah. the summer race in Daytona. Nice. And so it was like, you know, adding 75 pounds, eh? Yeah, I didn't just say, yeah, yeah. like, where the That's fuck you put that? Yeah. And um, so we did that. And the funny thing is we ended up finishing one, two. We finished first. <laughs> Peter Barron finished second. Nice. Um, Fixed it. And uh, Chip, Bob Stallings kept trying to talk to Chip. Like just kind of conversation. Yeah, not, right, right. not saying, hey, I'm sorry. I, I kind of called you out. or. Mm-hmm. Well, Bob Stallings knew if Chip – beat up Stallings. Stallings insurance probably wouldn't have paid the premium. <laughs> there, it there it is. It was a business move. Yeah. Yep. And so I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was a entertaining exchange mm. that Bob didn't expect. Sure. Yeah. Out of Chip's mouth. But he had, but he had a co- but he had it coming. Yeah. 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 You yeah. know, just like me getting fired. He had, he opened his yep. mouth. He had it coming, yep. and he he got he got handed the dish he needed. <laughs> How was uh, working with Chase? Chase is such a humble guy for his age. Yeah. Like he's such a humble, like, I don't know what to say. He's just so humble for his age. Like you would not expect that out of somebody like him. With like that accomplishment. Yeah. Like yeah. he could be a prick and you'd he be could like, be, yeah, I get it. He could do. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. he's just a guy you'd want to hang out and have a yeah. beer with. And he don't act, he don't act like he's, got anything yeah i mean shit he flies his own plane himself yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah which you know? i still can't believe they let him do yep yeah, yeah. <laughs> i can't believe he'd want to like yeah he's all you got it. this yeah man. yeah <laughs> <laughs> like man. how much response like responsibility he puts on himself to <clears throat> be that yeah right right, right. like that's it's admirable speaking of sure. legends uh big gustavo yakaman fan no what do you mean He's a dick. <laughs> Is there one driver in the paddock you'd want to punch in the face if you could? And that's we asked Dang. Cameron. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I guess we set that up. Yeah, no, that's on us. No, we've asked a lot of people this question. Not necessarily driver. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, if you could punch anyone in the paddock. Yeah, in the how face. about anybody yeah. in the paddock? And get away with it. No repercussions. Bob Stallings and his beautiful hair. <laughs> Jesus, we can't put that in. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and protect your career on that one. <laughs> the greatest bleep in DWR yeah. history. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, so Connell's got the Well You wanna you wanna try a prototype? Uh, right, yeah, 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 exactly. I was thinking about getting a DPI. Yeah, and, well I guess uh, you're getting a test now. Yeah, Tim Keith's gonna hook me up. Um So anybody you could punch? Is that what you're asking? Really? Yeah, if you yeah. Guys, like, like who's no. who did Lally? Not, like so uh Lally I'm just not that way though. Was Scott Pruitt, I think. I think it might have been Scott yeah. Pruitt. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. them getting into it at Watkins yeah. Lane one time. I, I'm not that way. I mean, I can be mad at so many people at, in a moment, and 30 minutes later, I'm going to have a beer with you. Right. You know? Do you have a favorite win? The next one. Such a What a what fucking a <laughs> I'm, I'm fascinating just patting himself on the bed. fascinating. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what about, okay, so as a mechanic, I have several favorite. Uh, I told you my favorite win, honestly. I, 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 got, a, I got a few. Homestead. The one with Vassar with mm-hmm. Homestead. First Indy 500. Yeah. <laughs> first, I'll, t- I'll, tell you one of my, I'll tell you one of my funnest, uh, most favorite wins was when we won at Mexico City. With Diaz, um, and the, in the, at that time he was the first Mexican to win on Mexican soil in a professional motocross oh, or cool. a motor motorsport race. Yeah, that was so huge! Oh my god! Oh, the amount of people there was pretty gnarly. Did Mister Slim yeah. fund a party? I was, yeah, yeah. That had to be something. I mean, it it was like they they all like like it's like nothing, you know. When you're in Mexico City, it's like I'm just hoping I don't get kidnapped and stabbed. Or yeah, I mean, you, you definitely know? had security with you, right? Yeah. Like when you guys went down well, there. Well, like after the race, he's like, hey, I want to take the car down around the Golden Eagle Carlos or Slim. whatever. Carlos Slim was mm-hmm. saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And drive the car around the circle. It's like, okay. Yeah, you do what you <laughs> And yeah. so, like, he's making, like, he's making this shit happen. You yeah. Know, yeah. Like that. Yeah. You know? And I mean, this motorcade shows up. We're loading the car up. And he's like. Follow them, basically. Right. And I mean, right. there must have been a hundred motorcycles and police. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I, no one's going to mess with Carlos Slim. And you go down there and unloaded the car and Scott's driving it around. Louise is hanging out the door with the Mexican flag. Like, it was nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And then That's... went out till like five o'clock in the morning. Just hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just hanging out. Just how much, do you, how much do you remember? I remember enough that it was. I know I had a good time. Yeah, <laughs> you have the test results to prove it. Where's our sport in ten years? Hopefully, still surviving and running internal combustion engines. Yeah. So I have a feeling in my career, I'm going to look back at uh, my time at real time racing as like probably the the good old days for me, or maybe the my good times. times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Are you going to look back at the Ganassi days at that, or is it? Something that hasn't happened yet. I, I mean, it, it's now. just evolving. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I got definitely good times there. I'm having good times now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always looking forward to, I say, I, I don't ever want to stop. I don't see myself ever retiring. Right. You know, I mean, I, I just, I love this sport and I, I love 
just I love what I do. I, I feel very blessed that I've been around so many good people and had the opportunities that I've had and mm -hmm. the results that I've had and um, as teams. I said I, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's I'm loving life every day. If we have somebody that listens to this podcast, you know, 50 years from now and they, they didn't know you, they didn't know IndyCar or whatever, what would you want them to take away as your legacy from this episode? I'll just say it like, it sounds cliche, but I just expect to win and never give up. Like even when, even when it's, it seems bad, I'm, I'm still thinking I can win. If you win less than 38%, you're a loser. <laughs> That, that is that is so bad. I, I just, I, Jesus Christ! It, it does eat at me, and it, it's still. I don't even think Lewis Hamilton can say thirty-eight percent. He's probably close, actually. Uh, yeah, but he's got to be something like that. Sure. Scott Dixon can't claim thirty-eight percent. Yeah, but it, like when it's said like that, like to me, like it just don't seem like a you good only number. won more than a third of all of your yeah. races. Are you kidding me? Hey, hey, I I just want you to know something. Lewis Hamilton's win percentage? 38%. 35.5. Oh, you are better and than Lewis Hamilton. Father, yeah. man. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Suck it, Hamilton. Yeah, greatest of all time. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> okay, now him, him like, and Dane what? Cameron are tied yeah. for the biggest <laughs> dick. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, well, normally. That's a wrap. Almost, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, normally, we, we, we pay the bill. Right. With, uh, no, there ain't no. But there's but, no bill. But Continental did buy the Tito's vodka today. That is so they did? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Big fan. Thanks, so man. Continental is sponsoring the hard liquor. <laughs> they came with it. Don't drink and drive, kids. <laughs> this is the hard tire. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Meow, <laughs> meow.
just in case. 